And I hope you're excited about that as well. Keep praying for your pastor as he's out preaching uh, this week in Kentucky or known as the mission field of Kentucky. So pray for him. Uh, pray for strength and stamina as he shares God's word. And I know you'll be praying for hope in his family as they're here and taking good care of them. If you have a Bible this morning, I want to encourage you to open it up with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. I, I, I'm ever grateful that throughout this summer, even though you have different guys coming in and out to share God's word, that we're all in this series called Just Jesus. If, if I had to boil it down to Ryan, what is life all about? Man, how would you describe your life? If there's one thing, uh, one area, one phrase I don't know that I could really come up with a better phrase than my life and your life, if you are in Christ, ought to be about just Jesus. I mean, he's the reason we live, he's the reason we breathe, he's the reason we come, he's the reason we worship, he's the reason we sing, he's the reason we leave, he's the reason we work, he's the reason we raise kids, he's the reason we teach. It's, it's simply all about Jesus. As a matter of fact, at our church on our marquee at the very top, it says that simple phrase, it's all about Jesus. And this morning we're going to see why in fact it is indeed all about Jesus and how in Jesus all things are made new. So if you have your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you got it, say I got it. Okay, so um, I know that I'm new here, you guys aren't, but here's kind of some rules I have. If I ask you to repeat, I expect you to repeat. Got it? Say got it. If I ask you to respond, I expect you to respond. Everybody got it? Say got it. We're going to get along just fine. I love this. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's begin in verse number 11. Paul, here writing to the church in Corinth, and he, and he begins to share with them a, a reminder of who they are, whose they are, why they exist, and what they're to be about. So check out with me what he says. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But we are is known, but what we are is known to God. And I hope it's also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast in us, so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not what is where, church, in the what? Heart. And then he goes on and says, for if we are beside ourselves, I, I really like, ESV kind of softens this down, but I, I really like the way some of the other translations say it. They say it like this, if we are out of our mind, if we're crazy, in other words, look at what he says, if we are beside ourselves, it's for who? For God. Hey, get the picture. He says, hey, listen, if we're crazy, if people look at us and think, man, those people have lost their minds. He says there's a reason for that, and that reason is it is for who? It's for God. But if we're in our right mind, it's for you. For the, say it again with me, love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this that one Jesus 
has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised again. So from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him this way no longer. So therefore, look at what he says, if anyone is where, church? In Christ, he's a what? New creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and now gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Here's the third time he uses the word, therefore. So he's continually building upon the thoughts that he just laid out. So therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Look at this. God making his appeal through us. So we, what's that word? Say it with me. We, no, you can't say it like that. Not gonna let, implore is not like, well, we implore you. See, see, when, when he's saying we implore, I want you to feel implore. I want you to feel what he's saying. I want you to sense what he's saying. He's not here going, hey, come on, little kiddos. He's not here cuddling up going, oh, rubbing the back. You know, you ever been sent by your mom? She starts rubbing your back, you know, and like, like she's just trying to make you feel comfortable, trying to help you feel settled in. Maybe your tummy's not feeling good and she's just there. She's just rubbing your back. Oh, it's good. She wants you to calm down. She, she wants you to relax. She wants you to know that everything's going to be okay. That's not what's happening here, all right? Look at what he says. He says, say it with me loud and proud, church. We what? Implore. We, we beg you, we plead with you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. This entire passage is just about Jesus and how Jesus takes the old and he makes all things new. The first thing that I see in this passage when thinking about in Christ all things are made new, I want you to write it down because in Jesus we have first and foremost a new master. I want you to write that down because sometimes I think in church we forget this. See, a lot of people want heaven, but they want heaven without Jesus. A lot of people want a savior, but they don't want a Lord. A lot of people want the promised land, but they don't want the God of the promised land. And what the Bible is going to show us here is that in Jesus, you have a new boss. Look at your neighbor right now and tell him this. If you're in Christ, you're not the boss. Go ahead and let him know that right now, okay? If you're in Christ, you are not the boss. Check it out with me. Verse 14, for the what church love of Christ what 
controls us. You see, the Bible says here in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14, that if you are in Christ, and if I'm in Christ, If Jesus is in us and we are in Jesus, if the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in our life, you need to understand who controls you and your controller, your master, your ruler, your God, your king, your boss has a name and his name is Jesus. Now you are no longer in control. You no longer get to call the shots. I no longer get to tell my life what I'm going to do. You are no longer the one who is in control of your life. I love the bumper sticker. You might have seen it before. It says this. Jesus is my co-pilot. And while that sounds really cute and sounds really awesome, let me just inform the church this morning. Jesus never takes the co-pilot seats. He is the master. He is the controller. And he says this, because of the love of Christ, we've concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer, uh uh-oh, he died for all, that those who live, and those who live are those who are in Christ, that those who live might, uh uh-oh, say it with me everybody, no longer live for who? Themselves, but, say it with me, for who? Him. You see, here's a great reality check for us this morning. Who am I living for? If I want something to chew on this morning, if I want something to walk out of these doors and really marinate in this week, Maybe the best question you can ask yourself and I can ask myself is, who am I living for? Because the Bible says that when Christ comes in, we no longer live for ourselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That's why just Jesus is what our life boils down to. Ryan, what's your life all about? Just Jesus. And what's your ministry all about? It's just Jesus. Man, what's your family all about? Just Jesus. Man, what's that? What, what do you want? What do you want on, on, on your headstone when you die? Just Jesus. Why? Because all of our life ought to be all about Jesus. And Paul knew this, like in Galatians 2:20. We know this verse well, but but let, let, let it sink in today. Let it be a fresh reminder for us as followers of Jesus. The Apostle Paul, how did he view his life in Christ? He viewed his life as this: I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Do you see it there? I no longer what? Live. I'm not alive anymore. It's not my life. It's not my call. It's not my future. It's not my job. It's not my family. It's all his. Students, if you haven't been asked this, you will be asked this. What do you want to do? What do you want to be when you grow up? How many of you have ever been asked that question? Adults, students, all of us. And we've all been asked that at some point. Hey, what do you want to do when you grow up? I mean, you may be 65 and somebody asked you that today, right? What are you going to do when you grow up? But the reality is this. I mean, I mean, we've all been asked that question. And for the Christ follower, we should only have one response. 
It doesn't matter what I want. Think about this. What do you want to be when you grow up? It doesn't matter what I want. Why? Because I no longer live. Christ lives in me. And I don't live for my wants, my dreams, my goals, my desires, my aims, my purpose, myself. I live for Him. So what you really need to be asking yourself is, not what do you want to be when you grow up, but what does God want you to be? When you grow up? Where does God want you to go when you grow up? What does God want you to do? Does God want you to take that promotion? Does God want you to buy that house? Does God want you to invest in that car? Does God want you to go in debt like this? Does God, what does God want? You see, when it's just Jesus, we begin to understand that he makes all things new. That when Christ moves in, we have a new master. And this new master makes us a new man. Go ahead and write that down as well. Because in Christ, we have a new master, a new boss, a new controller. Again, look at your neighbor and say, you ain't the boss. Go ahead and let them know, okay? You ain't the boss. We've got a new master, new controller. I know some of you have been waiting to tell your spouse that for a long time. You're going to leave and you're going to go, oh, and they're going to go, did you say I'm not the boss? Hey, I was just obeying the preacher, all right? That's all I got for you, right? So I got a new master, and this new master really makes us a, a new man or new woman. Check it out. From now on, therefore, so, so he says, now that we have this new master and the love of Christ controls us, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. He's saying, look, 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 outward appearance, financial status, where you live in the town, none of that matters anymore. The color of your hair, the, the color of your skin, man, what I see on the outside, your nationality, your ethnicity, none of that matters anymore. We're not looking on the outside. God has moved in and now we're looking on the inside because look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. If anyone is where? It's not a trick question, people. It's right there. Y'all are with me? I know you are. If anyone is where? In who? Christ. So, so what is he saying? Let's just pause here. Let's talk about this in Christ. What he's saying is, if you are born again. If you have confessed Christ as Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and he has moved inside of you, you are in Christ, Christ is in you, you are born again, you are saved, you are a follower of Jesus. If that is true of you, if anyone, look at your neighbor and say, even you, tell them, even you, if anyone is in Christ, say it with me loud and proud. He is a new creation. That wasn't loud or proud. All right? That, that, that was soft, monotone, and boring. Let's try again. If anyone is in Christ, say it's underlined right there. Let's just read it together. He is a new creation. 
See, when I got a new master at 18 years old, when Christ moved into me, when the Holy Spirit filled me, when he brought me from death to life, when God transferred me from darkness to light, what happened was the old old Ryan that walked into church that night, he was na-na-na-na, hey, 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 goodbye. Why? Because I'm a new man, a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the what? The new, what? Has come. Sometimes I look out in my church, at youth camps, other churches, and I think somehow, someway, we've forgotten this. Sometimes I look at people, I'm like, man, someone forgot to tell them if they're in Christ and Christ is in them, they're new. That they're not the same. That the old is gone, the new has come. It's like when Christ called his first followers, passing along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the the brother of Simon, they were casting a net into the sea. Why? Because they were what? They were? They were fishermen. That's what fishermen did. That's how they fished. They threw their net in the sea. And Jesus said this to them. Follow me and I will make you become not fishermen, but what? Fishers of men. He says, I'm going to flip the script on your life. I'm going to make you a new person. Someone you've never been before. I'm going to breathe meaning and purpose and and passion into your life. I'm going to take that old heart that's stony and cold and rough and rugged and I'm going to... Pull it out and I'm going to put a heart of flesh inside of you. Look at your neighbor right now and say, if you're in Christ, you aren't the same. Go ahead and tell them right now. If you're in Christ, you aren't the same. Some people ask me, well, Ryan, how can I, how can I know that, that, man, I'm truly saved? How, how, how can I know that, 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 that Jesus is in me? One, faith in the promises of God, but two, evidences of your life you're just different different desires different wants different dreams different hopes before I was saved I got saved when I was a freshman in college and before I was saved I was going to college to be a CPA if you're a CPA in here don't don't take don't don't be mad all right but but here's the reason I want to be a CPA two reasons number one I was good at math and number two I love money right and then I had, a dad, I had a friend in high school whose dad was a CPA and he had a nice house and a fat car. I was like, dude, that's what I want. I can do this. On February the 13th, 1994, when Christ saved me, he changed my world completely. Not only did he call me into the family of God, he called me into the ministry as well. And my entire dreams, my entire goals, my entire wants, my entire wishes, everything that I have thought matter in my life, now all of a sudden change. Why? Because when Christ moves in as a new master, he creates within you a new man or a new woman. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you're not the same. You're not the same. And some of you need to stop living like you, you were. You're not who you were. Christ is in you. He set you free. He's taken you from being fishermen to fishers of men. When I read this passage and I think about Jesus, 
When he moves in, I get a new master. When he moves in, I become a new man. And when he moves in, he gives me, write it down, a new ministry. See, a lot of times we stop at 2 Corinthians 5.17. We stop at we stop, we stop at it when it says this. When he says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Amen. Wrap it up. Let's go home. You're new. But what does that actually mean? You're new. See, a new man gets a new ministry. The word ministry simply means serving. It means service. Check out what he says here. He says, all of this is from God. I love Paul's often stopping or pausing or interjecting. Hey, before you get the big head, before you think you're the bomb.com, let me remind you, all of this is from God. Before you start puffing your chest out like, I'm a new man, I'm heaven bound, I know what's going down, you know, Christ is in me. Before you get all puffed up, he just reminds them, hey, don't forget, all that, it's called grace. All of that's from God. No, no, no room for arrogance, no room for pride. All of this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. So think about this. How did Ryan Fontenot, who grew up in church his entire life, all of a sudden, at the age of 18, have his heart enlightened, his mind uh, illuminated? How in the world did he realize he's lost, in need of a savior, and come to the place of repentance and faith? Look at what he says. It's all from God all from God he's been reconciling the world to himself through Christ and once you are in Christ you are in the ministry check out what he says and he gave us the what church the say it ministry of what reconciliation who did Christ who did God give the ministry to look at your neighbor and say you. Go ahead and tell them right now. You. No, no. Look at somebody around you and say, you. Tell them right now. You. Who's in the minute? If you are in Christ, write this down. If you are in Christ, you are in the ministry. Don't miss it. Don't forget about it. Man, man, don't, don't miss what we're talking about here. Because if you have been born again, and the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you. You are in the ministry. You have been given out this ministry of reconciliation. The, the word ministry is also where we get our, our word deacon from. Do you know what deacon actually means? It actually means table servant. So I want you to get the picture. Do you know what we've been called to do in Jesus Christ? Just dish out reconciliation. We should be carrying around reconciliation. Would you like some reconciliation? I go into work. Why am I going to work? Oh, I go to work to, to, to do a job and to do a job well and, and to get a paycheck. Oh, no, 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 no. No, that, that, that may be what happens, but the reason you go to work, reconciliation, anybody? The reason you go to school, well, oh, I go to school to get an education so I can get an education, get into a good college, get into a good college, get a degree, get a good degree, get a good job, get a good job, get a lot of money. Eh, wrong. Wrong. You know why you go to school? Do you know why you're in 6th grade? You know why you're in 12th grade? You know why you're a sophomore in college? So you can dish out some reconciliation. Do you know why you are where you are? Moms, you know why you're home, mom? You know why you're home with those kids? Uh, I wish you'd tell me. Here's why. Dish out reconciliation to those kids. 
And it's not just to be a good mom or be a good dad or provide for your family. Those are all byproducts of common grace of God. But what we need to understand is that the special grace of God that is upon those who are in Christ, we are new creations. We are unlike everyone else on all the planet. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you are weird. Go ahead and tell them, all right? You're weird. We're unlike anyone else on the planet. No one else is like us. We are the only ones who have a relationship with God. We're the only ones who are children of God. We are new creations. And now we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. Y'all know Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Anybody know it? Anybody got it? For by... For by grace, right? It's the name of your church. You ought to know this verse, all right? For by grace you have been what? Saved, right? Through what? Faith. And that's the gift of who? God, not of what? Works so that no one can boast, right? So, so, so we love those two verses, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. But do you know what Ephesians 2, 10 says? I know you do, but I'm going to read it anyway. We are his workmanship. Look, you are in Christ, saved by grace, not because of works, but to work. Look at your neighbor right now and say, you need to get to work. Tell them, you need to get to work. God has called us to do work, to serve up, to dish out, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good, what? Works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are a new man, a new woman with a new master and a new ministry. Please, please don't make the mistake that so often we make. Oh, Chad, he's in the ministry. Oh, oh yeah, Ryan, man, you're a pastor. You're in the ministry. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Jacob, yeah, yeah, he's, he's in the ministry. Oh, oh, Sarah, yeah, yeah, she's in the ministry. No, 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 no. If you are in Christ, you are what? In the ministry. And God has put you where you are, around who you are, in the middle of this town, this city, your home, your job, your community, to dish out reconciliation it is in Jesus we have a new master I'm a new man I've got a new ministry but check this out I also have a new message like I have something to tell I have I have news to share uh, look with me at verse 19 that is in where in Okay, just making sure. Yep, it's there. That is, in who? Christ, God, was reconciling the world to himself. And I, I love this phrase. As a matter of fact, if you have your Bible out and a pen out, hopefully you have both out, I would highlight, underline, circle, put stars, because this is a beautiful promise. If you're in Christ and you're reconciled to God, guess what? He's not counting your trespasses against you. Nobody? That, that's good news. Because guess what? Outside of Christ, you, 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 even in the back, you, you, and me. Outside of Christ, we're guilty. In Christ, bing, we're innocent. We are declared righteous in 
Christ. I love this. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And not only has he given us a ministry, but he's entrusted to us a what? A, say it, a message. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got something to tell somebody. Go ahead and tell them right now. You've got something to tell somebody. How many of you love to talk? Any talkers in the room? Anybody love to talk? All right, three of y'all honest, the rest of y'all lying, all right? So, um, yeah, we, we love to talk. We love to communicate. We, and we like to do it in different ways. But, but the truth is God has created within us this desire to connect and communicate. And he put it in us because he's given us this message of reconciliation. Well, what's the message? What's the message that we have for the world? You see, every other world religion and all the people on the planet who believe in God, they believe there's a way to get to God and the way to get to God is to work your way to God. But that's not the message of Christianity. The message of Christianity and the message we have to share is found in Romans ten thirteen. Everyone who, what church? calls on the name of the Lord, what? Will be what? Say. Does that sound like a pretty good promise to you? I'm sorry, I, I asked a question. And I expect an answer. Does that sound like a pretty good promise to you? Because it does to me. I'm like, I'll take that every day of the year and twice on Sunday, Right? Everyone who calls, look at your neighbor again, even you, tell them, even you. See, some of you sit here and you're like, oh, no, 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 Ryan, you don't know what I've done. You don't know what's been done to me. God, God could never love me. God could never accept me. God could never forgive me. God could never want me. God could never save me. God could never use me. God is done with me. Well, my Bible says everyone, and that includes you, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that a beautiful promise? This is the message we have for the world. This is the message we have for our family. This is the message we have for our foes. This is the message we have for everyone on the planet. But here's the question. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? See, if everyone calls upon the name of the Lord, they'll be saved. The question then is, well, how can they call upon someone whom they haven't believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone what? Preaching. Or, let's just soften that because in our day and time we think preaching, we think what I'm doing right now. But what he's really saying, how, how are they going to believe if someone doesn't tell them? If someone doesn't proclaim it to them? Look at your neighbor and say, you need to tell somebody. Like, like, like if you are in Christ and Christ is in you and you have a new master and you're a new man and you've been given a new ministry, you have a new message to share. And you're like, oh yeah, well that's just really, you get all it, you know, fidgety and stuff. You're like, that's really not my gift. I'm sorry. Apparently it is. Uh, apparently it is your gift because when I read the Bible here's what it says he's entrusted to who? us who's us? those that are in Christ who are new men new women with a new master are you in Christ? say oh yeah, yeah. if you're in Christ say oh yeah. oh yeah 
So if you're in Christ, Christ is in you, you're in the ministry, you've been given a message, and the message that we have to share is call upon the name of the Lord and you will be saved, but they can't call upon the name of the Lord and believe if they don't hear, and they can't hear if you don't open your mouth and tell them. And that goes for every person in this room. Whether you're an 8-year-old believer or a 98-year-old believer. If you're in this room and Christ is in you, how are they going to hear if you don't tell them? Do you realize? There are literally hundreds of people you'll come in contact through every month, every year of your life. And no matter how many times you ask them to come to church with you, they're just not going to show up. But you know they are going to listen to? They're going to listen to you. Stop saying, oh, well, man, if I could just get them to church, they could hear about Jesus. No, the truth is, you just open your mouth. They could hear about Jesus. If we just talk to them and share our story and tell them of our message of reconciliation, how God saved us, how God redeemed us. See, if you're in Christ, you have a story to tell. You have a message to share. And so how will they hear without someone preaching? I know, I know you're sitting here and so many of you are going, yeah, it's just not me. That's just not who I am. I'm sorry, you're wrong. You're not just kind of wrong, not just sort of wrong, you're absolutely wrong. Because if you are in Christ, and Christ is in you, and the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in you, I might not just remind you of 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 18, 19. I might even remind you of Acts 1, 8 that gives us a promise that when you receive the Holy Spirit, and He comes upon you, you will be His witnesses. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Go ahead, tell him. He's talking to you. God has given us places and faces to share the gospel. This week, you will rub shoulders with people that I will never see in all my life. So if you're depending on them hearing the message from me, they have no hope at all. But they've got you as followers and lovers and worshipers of Jesus to share this message thus. Let's just follow the logical pattern here. In Christ, we have a new master. Everybody got it? Say got it. If you have a new master, he's made you a new man. Everybody got it? Say got it. And if I'm a new man, I've been given this new ministry. Everybody with me? Say oh yeah. So if I've been given this new ministry, it carries with it this new message. If, if, you, if you understand that, say, I got it. I got it. So, so if i am a got a new master, and I'm a new man, been given a new ministry with this new message, guess what? Let's sum it up. That means I have, in Christ, a new mission. Like some of you are wondering, why in the world am I here? Man, what am I doing? Man, I feel like I'm wasting my time. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I'm not sure my life even matters. Girl, girl, if you're in Christ, don't, don't even go there. Bro, if you're in Jesus, don't even buy that lie. Because if you're in Christ, you have a new mission from the day you become a believer. Let's just check it out. So you don't think I'm crazy. Some of you think that anyway, but we'll just go. Therefore, 
There it is again. It's building. Therefore, 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 we. Let's say it together. We. Look at your neighbor and say, that's us. Go ahead, tell them. That's us, right? We. We are ambassadors for Christ. What's an ambassador? An ambassador is one who represents another and has all of their authority to declare whatever it is that they've been empowered and told to declare. They are the direct representative of a king. Chew on that for a little bit. That in Christ, we are now... Who's, who's Christ? He's the king of who? Have y'all read y'all's Bible? He's the king of who? The king of kings, right? He's the king of the Jews. He's the king of ages. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of kings though, right? But check this out. You and I, because he's our dad, he's our boss, he's our ruler, he's our new master, we are his ambassadors. And all that you and I have now, we are direct representatives. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ. This next statement just just flips my lid every time I read it. God making his appeal. Through who? Think about this. Think, just, just, just suck all this in right now. God who could have made his appeal to the nations any way he wanted to, chose you and me. God's make look, God's gonna save people through the church. Through his followers of Christ, proclaiming the message. We're his ambassadors. God making his appeal through us. You want your work, uh, co-workers to be saved? Invite them to church. But bigger than that, invite them to Jesus. You want your team to be saved? Awesome. Invite them to church. But more importantly than that, invite them to Jesus. Talk to them. You are his ambassador. You have all the authority you need. Just read Matthew 28, 19, and 20. It's all been given to us. Why? Because Christ is in us and he's making his appeal through us. And now here's our, here's our statement. So we, please, please don't be weak. All right, I, I know. You ought to be warmed up by now. Coffee ought to be kicking in. You ought to feel a little more comfortable. We all feel weird. This guy made us talk to each other. He made us repeat stuff. Where's Chad? All right, so check this out. We what? Say it with me. We implore. And this is, we're here to implore. To implore Clute, Texas. Come to Jesus. Man, you're here to implore your family. Man, man, come to Christ. Be reconciled to God. Man, you need a Savior. You are lost in need. And, and just come to Jesus, man. Trust in Jesus. Call upon Jesus. Get a new master. Let him make you a new man. Give you a new ministry with a new message. <laughs> now give your whole life a whole new message. Here's our prayer at our church. We want every man, woman, and child in every place to have multiple opportunities to see, hear, and respond to the good news of Jesus. Can I just be honest? If your fellowship here is sweet 
Man, you ought to thank God for that. If your community here, man, your love for one another is deep, man, that's a blessing from God and you ought to be thankful for that. You must be thankful for it. You ought to give God glory for that. If there's unity in this body, and I don't know because I'm not here, but if there's unity in this body, man, that is something that is praiseworthy. But can I be completely honest? If you have all that and you don't walk out these doors and tell the world about Jesus, nobody out there cares. So I'm begging you. I'm imploring you. Man, make sure that every man, every woman, every child within this area has multiple opportunities from Grace Bible Church to see, to hear, and to respond to the good news of Jesus. So let's go back to the beginning. So therefore, what do we do? Knowing the fear of the Lord, we want to persuade men. We want to persuade men. We want to point people to Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. Show them Jesus. Man, invite them to Jesus. Man, spread the love of Jesus. Love one another so that then when they see our love for one another, they'll know that we are in Jesus. Our life ought to be given, laid down, and laid out just for Jesus. And I love being here today. You don't know why. Because we get to respond by remembering it's all about Jesus. We're going to do that through taking of the Lord's Supper today.